Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Taglia via this is the Red Pill Projects Daily Dose. Happy 500th episode, Daily Dose. It's hard to believe that I've been doing this for 500 episodes. Vince has been here for a good 300 to yeah 300 plus episodes, and so happy happy birthday. I guess is like Red Pill. Yeah, right? like 500. That's that's amazing. How you doing, Vince? That's a lot. Doing very well. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yeah. So. This is, for those people who don't know, this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of information warfare, psychological warfare operations, disinfo, misinfo, how it's all happening in the world, being projected towards you, trying to manipulate your mind, your understanding of the world and the universe and many different perspectives. As well as we bring you the understanding that we're in a multi-domain battlefield, that there's various parts of our society, of our culture, of our institutions that are under attack by a very radicalized agenda that is seeking to undermine your rights, your liberties, and your freedoms. And we're here to expose it and figure out their narrative and to understand what's happening next and to stop it because of that foreknowledge. And so I've had a long day. Man, I started with a Dark Delight show. Then I went into a shitstorm of a show, which was, it was kind of interesting. It was, um, I can't say it was fun because it definitely wasn't fun, but it's, it's difficult to, and by the way, I want, I want to say thank you to Patrick Gunnels. I thought Patrick and me, I think there was a good, like if it, that was just Patrick, I think it would have been a really good show to talk and, and kind of discuss these things and really show kind of models of conceptualization. Right. Um, but Nathan was just, uh, you just can't argue with the circular logic of people who continue to interrupt you when you try to correct them on what you said and they're misinterpreting your words. They yell at you and do this kind of Asperger's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I just can't (laughs) deal with that. I had a like, (laughs) it was, it was interesting to say the least. it, It was very entertaining. I didn't expect it to go a little off the rails like it did. But I enjoyed the, I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, I think you're understating it. It yeah. was really great, and definitely put new ideas in my head. Well, so you know, I appreciate it, it, that. Patrick made a good point. As we talked for one hour about the evidence of curvature of the Earth, and it was interesting because I was just trying to agree with them in the sense that yes, at the horizon level, the curvature of the Earth is negligible, so it appears appears to be flat. And they didn't like that. They Fair. they argued with me about my logic of that. <laughs> and I was like, what do you... And he's like, well, what about uh, 1.225 times the square root of the observer's height? And I said, yes, that is pertaining to an object at horizon, right? But that's an approximation based upon very, very short distances. As Patrick said, is that increases exponentially as you get further and further out in distance, which means that that formulation does not work when trying to calculate longer distance. This is why what they do, and I don't know if you knew this, the the equation I actually showed is I can't, I'm not going to go through all the variables, but basically it's a light beam that's shot at the horizon that projects forward. And what they look at is the various diffraction patterns of how that spectrum of light formulates to determine the curvature of the earth and where the curvature of the earth appears. 
And so you can get 1% of curvature of the Earth at approximately between 68 to 75 miles, depending upon um, the atmospheric conditions. Obviously, atmosphere wasn't a word in their terminology. Um, and air, they couldn't define it. That was interesting. He, you know, he, he's basically saying air is a distributed... Um, bunch of gases <laughs> distributed like gaps. I'm like, what's a gap? He didn't answer that one. Yeah, I said, why one. aren't they falling down in the density? He says, because they're distributed. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense if you're claiming. Uh, anyways, it was completely fucking illogical with a lot of the stuff he said. And I just chose to remain silent and listen and kind of take notes because we're definitely going to be a, a doing a part two of this. And that if you cannot explain, and you know what guys know me, I'm about foundation is you have to build a foundation. If we cannot agree upon the basic concept that when I look out at the horizon, right, I can't see the Earth's curvature unless various conditions, optical conditions present themselves, which bend light. Understandable, right? That makes sense. And that's what David was showing with that picture is the bending of light through the atmospheric conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many routes that we could have went with this, but we just didn't have time because we were getting yelled at continuously um, the definition of ob- observation in the scientific me- method is observation of phenomena, not just observation. Interesting because I'm pretty sure that observation is the senses taking in information from the environment and determining what that is, which is a phenomena. But anyways, it was it was a semantic word fuck. It was like it was like dealing with liberals. <laughs> it was like dealing seriously. It was like dealing with liberals in the sense of how they use words. Yeah, it was hard. It was. It looked like a it looked like a challenging conversation. It was really entertaining, though, extremely entertaining. I really liked it, and I'm not just saying that. That's on Patel, Patel Patriots channel, by the way. If you guys want to go back and watch it later. Yeah, it, it was. It was an interesting show. Um, there was too argumentative. The the one gentleman was just completely wanted to argue with. He was arguing with us before we even got in there, and I hadn't even said anything. He was arguing with me. And oh assuming that he knew my model and my understanding and all this stuff. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, it was a shit show. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but hopefully next time that we do have a conversation, especially with Patrick, that we can bring empirical evidence into it and say, hey, look, oh, you know, yeah. I went out there and I said, if the earth is flat, this is what I should see. And if the earth is curved, this is what I should see. And this is what we've determined through the experiments or through the testing. Right. Like, that's all I was saying. And I was getting attacked because of that. I'm right. Not, like, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm inspired to do experiments too because, you know, I'm open to the idea and I want to know. So yeah, it doesn't hurt to go out there and explore. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna put that topic aside. So for everybody out there, um, I was also on Leak Project uh, last night. If you guys want to, yesterday they they posted it on their YouTube channel. I'm gonna put this out there for them because they were absolutely awesome hosts. Um, Rex over there. And all the people that helped him uh, were absolutely amazing. I had a great time with Leak Project. You can find them on YouTube right here. This is Leak Project on YouTube uh, at Leak Project 42. So it's youtube.com slash at symbol Leak Project 42. And the episode is uh, if you go in here and you go under, I believe, videos. No, it's not videos. You go under live. It's in here. Uh, right here, highly guarded esoteric knowledge being dropped right now that's been hidden for years. And so this is the episode right here, yes. highly guarded esoteric knowledge being dropped right now that's been hidden for years. You can check that out and watch it. It's an hour conversation with me and Rex on Leak Project. Fascinating. I loved it. It was great. It's um, He's like, dude, I just, uh, I had so many questions, but I just wanted to listen. 
And I, dude, this was fascinating. He goes, I took notes the whole time and like, very cool. So we talked about a really cool stuff. That's a great show. Please go on over there. Subscribe to Rex's channel. He's absolutely, I know there's a few new people that we probably have in the show today from Leak Project. Thank you for uh, coming on over. But uh, great show. I, I, I love Rex. He's awesome. Fantastic. So, yeah. And a uh, lot of good information. Now, going into what's happening right now in the world. And we're going to come back to reality for a minute. We're not going to be talking about what the shape of the earth is, and we're not going to be talking about occultism, right. maybe a little bit about it. But what we're really going to talk about tonight is where we stand. And this is the house of cards that we've talked about. Because I've always said from the beginning that Donald Trump had to have had a plan. There, there had to have been a plan some way, shape, or form, whether it was a military operation, whether that was you know, a, a sideline or kind of misdirection or not. But there had to be a plan. And we're going to watch this video that Donald Trump posted at 11.34 a.m. today. And I want you to notice, notice a few things about it. But listen to what he has to say because it's incredibly important information. Um, and we'll be right back right after the video. The now famous Twitter files have proven beyond all doubt that the corrupt officials at the FBI have been coordinating a massive censorship, surveillance, and propaganda campaign against the American people and, frankly, against me. In the most recent and notorious example, the FBI worked to stop the truth from being told about the Biden family's criminality. They worked so hard to stop it from coming out and the corruption prior to the 2020 election. They didn't want any bad information to come out about the Biden family. The fix was in, the election was rigged, but the censorship of the laptop from hell is only the beginning of the story about the weaponization of government against free speech. We must have free speech in our country. We must have a fair and free press. As recent reporting shows, the FBI and other rogue agencies have been systematically colluding with former national security officials placed in high positions at Twitter and very likely other companies to advance their censorship regime, which is really, in this case, to steal an election. This anti-American effort, and a very illegal effort at that, has been working to silence dissenting opinions on COVID and crucial issues on public health and on the election and elections in the future. They suppressed doctors and health experts who dared to question approved public health narratives. They censored voices who criticized school closures, lockdowns, and mandates. And they even banned people simply for stating proven scientific facts. And anything bad about China, they didn't want out. But anything bad about Biden and the Biden crime family, and that's what it was, just look at the laptop from hell, they didn't want that coming out under any circumstances. What they wanted coming out was anything bad about your favorite president, me. Anything bad about Trump, put it out, even if it's not true. But this all had nothing to do with science. This had nothing to do with saving lives. It had everything to do with politics or a sick ideology. This was about government working with powerful corporations to seize power over you, the American people. And we can't let that continue. The Twitter files prove that we urgently need my plan to dismantle the illegal censorship regime, a regime like nobody's ever seen in the history of our country, or most other countries for that matter, to prosecute the 
perpetrators for their crimes, and to restore free speech for all Americans. So important. We need a free press. We need free speech. We need fair elections. And we need borders. The new Congress should immediately hold hearings to investigate the role of the FBI and other federal agencies in censoring lawful speech. Congressional leaders should promptly issue subpoenas in furtherance of this goal. The revelations also highlight why my proposal to end the revolving door between the deep state — and there is a deep state indeed. I wasn't a believer, but everybody's a believer right now — and the tech tyrants is so important. There must be a seven-year cooling-off period before any employee of these powerful agencies is allowed to take a job at a major platform. When I'm president, we will take back our freedoms. We will take back our country. So, what's interesting about that? Is that the same video that he posted on December 15th after the NFT launch? It's not. It might be. It started out different. Is it? What do you mean? Is it the same? Like, so it's not the same video that he posted. If you remember, on remember on I think it was December twenty fifteenth, uh, right? Yeah, he said something completely different. That's right. He posted something completely different where he talked about different topics. Mm-hmm. Listen to what BioClandestine said. Okay. He goes, "Here's another iteration of Trump's pre-recorded statements to the American people. He brilliantly addressed the FBI coordination with big tech and the importance of the Twitter files. But what interests me is this recording was done on the same time as a recording released on 12/15/2022. So that video was done mm-hmm. on 12/15/2022. This is why he's talking." future tense in the sense of Congress and investigation, because this has already happened. And they held on to it until now, suggesting, they just released this one today, suggesting they have a premeditated timeline that coincides with Twitter files. Trump snuck this video between truths about a superhero NFT, largely burying his huge announcement, but you'll notice it's the same outfit, same breast pin, same studio, same makeup, same production. It was filmed on the same day. We were told it was filmed on the same day, meaning Trump had a bunch of these pre-recorded messages about different topics all ready to be released at later dates. What's mm-hmm. coming and already pre-recorded over the public addresses of what's coming. This gives validity to BioClandestine's original hypothesis that Elon and Trump are working together. Trump and Elon have done a great job at maintaining the illusion of distance, but their actions suggest coordination. be wow I, I think that he's spot on and this goes into our original assessment if you remember back in october november of 2020 when we talked about this that hey look there's going to be drip 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 flood declassification of information we didn't know how it was going to happen then you have the aspect of how do you release information legally right and we all thought that Trump was going to create a social media platform and start releasing the information there when it got to a critical mass. But he didn't need to do that because Elon Musk came in, bought Twitter, and is simply just releasing Twitter inner documents, which are his property because he bought them. This is the legal way to disclose this classified information that was actually happening. And so the drip, drip flood is happening right now. It's coming out through the Twitter files. And Donald Trump is completely separated from it. It doesn't look like a political move for him. Probably one of the reasons why he announced candidacy for president a few months ago. Because, hey, look, it's not me releasing this. This is Elon Musk. This is Twitter. This isn't true social which is showing separation and distance from Trump and Elon. But he was pre-planned and coordinated probably many, many years ago. Yeah, Trump's like, I'm not even on Twitter. <laughs> which which means that yeah. this was a plan. 
And the question is, is what else do they have up their sleeves? Now we look at the House of Representatives. The Republicans knew that they would take back House majority. You could have said this back in 2018. We know that we go through these transitions. With that being said, that they knew Kevin McCarthy would have been the one who would have been up for Speaker of the House. With knowing that information, could they, two, three, five, ten years ago, have planned and coordinated that exact moment of exactly how that unfolded? Is you have that 20-person critical number in Congress that basically can turn the tide of votes and basically not pass any bills in Congress. Could you have them hold out for long enough to the point where they can negotiate various terms for legislation that's going to come out in the next year as well as investigations that's going to come about in the next year? I talked about this a little while ago on the radio show. Look, look at what they're, they're proposing. And I know that the people are like, this is highly improbable. And I agree with you, it's highly improbable. But you have to understand that central bank digital currencies are a threat to American society. They know this, we know this. We have the bill to audit the Federal Reserve and the U.S. gold, okay? We have yes. the bill to return back to the gold standard. Then we have the bill to get rid of the income tax and disband the IRS. Yes. What does that sound like? I don't know. What does it sound? What is it? What? It, it, it sounds like they want to defund the deep state. How does the deep state yeah. get funding? Right? Through the system. Yeah. Through the system. Right? And outside the system too, but. Right. They also had terms in there that they have to have a balanced budget. No more, no more omnibus bills that you can only have one singular issue per bill. Okay. These are, and then all you have is a Jeffersonian motion, which means that Matt Getsch just has to stand up and says, I withdraw my vote. Or he hasn't even have to do that because he voted uh, um, present. All he has to do is stand up and go, I vote Donald Trump for Speaker of the House. And, and then McCarthy loses his power again. And it comes back to that deliberation. And so we see that Donald Trump has basically formulated himself into the negotiation circle of Congress. This means investigations, finance, and laws. At the same time that we're seeing drip, drip, flood of information pouring out about the actions of the Biden administration, the deep state, and everything else that's going on. This is exactly what we were told to prepare for years ago. This is why we had that whole movement that occurred from 2016 to present day of us taking back over the idea of information, taking back over the distribution of information, of media, becoming the media, is because we were preparing for this moment right here where our voices could no longer be silenced because we were the media. And this information begins to flood out and it's our job to take that information and wake up the masses and get it out there. Because here's the thing, is as it begins to flood out, people cannot ignore it. Did you notice that the majority of the reporters that Elon Musk has chosen to put out the Twitter files, what is their political affiliation? I haven't noticed. They're Democrats. They're not conservatives. Alex Berenstain hmm. is probably the only one that is moderately conservative. Matt Talibi, all these other people, they're, they're, they're liberals. Wow. And they came out and said, hey, look, I saw the information. I'm putting this out there because this is journalism. And they're getting attacked by the Democrats and the liberals. You know, so they, I think it was um, uh, Axios or one of them wrote an article on Matt Talibi about the Twitter files that he put out there calling him a conservative. 
And he came wow. back and he's like, I'm not even a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I don't know. I don't vote Republican. No, it's not true. Stop it. But this is how they operate is now they run the smear campaigns. Genius. Crazy. I hope they start digging in and investigating and getting into this uh, corruption and crime that we've all witnessed and have tried shouting at the rooftops to tell everybody about. I hope it ends up getting real deep, getting rid of ESG, getting rid of the real globalist agenda and all that, because that's really a big problem that we're seeing unfold. I 100% agree with you. And we're already seeing that model being presented by various state governors. And although I'm not like, I'm not all about DeSantis and everything like that. I understand that he's a neocon. He have Jeb Bush in the back of his inauguration. I get that. But look at Florida as a model for other red and conservative states. They are pulling federal pension funds or state pension funds out of ESG investments. Now, did you notice what happened is these hedge funds and uh, they went out there and changed ESG investments to ETI investments, environmentally targeted investments, which are the same thing. Rebranding. Which are the um, same thing as (laughs) JCMC. You're funny. One, that's number one. Don't interrupt me. Number two, don't interrupt <laughs> That's number three, Vince. Vince, four. But anyways, I'm sorry. You have to watch the last show. Saying, anyways. Oh, my gosh. What we're talking about here is that Federalist 46, James Madison. If you read mm-hmm. the Federalist papers, there's an interpretation done. Um, I forgot who the, the constitutional scholar was that did this interpretation of Federalist 46, but you can bring out four primary premise of Federalist 46. Two of them pertain to the state, and this is outspoken governors and state legislation to counteract federal policy, federal laws. And this is what we're seeing in Florida. This is what we're seeing in Texas. This is what we're going to see in Missouri, Louisiana, these other red states. And as they begin to formulate this kind of mechanism to fight against the globalists in the deep state financially... I think that we're going to have more and more wins under our belt and you'll begin to see this federal government transition. And what what's happening right now in Congress, and I think what they were waiting for, Vince, I think that they were waiting for a Congress who would actually agree with them on those levels of policy before all the states began conforming. Interesting. I, I think that we're in a, we're in a very, very transitional and dynamic time for the United States of America. But with what I'm seeing, and I don't like hope, I don't do hopium, but there is potential that this plan could work out in our benefit if it is not counteracted through cataclysm, chaos, and disaster, which is the methodology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ex chaos, right, of the global elite. So we're going to have to see it. And I'm, I'm, optimistic. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but here's the thing is moving into 2024. If in one year, two years, this shit isn't settled finite. If these things aren't reversed, if investigations haven't brought about, um, you know, penalty and punishment for these people and the bad actors that are acting, um, then we're going to have a really different 2024 discussion. And it's not going to be the 2022 midterm discussion, Right. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I think that that's where we're headed to. So I, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be opti- as os- optimistic as a sloth. Round, round, get around. I get around. Yeah, get around. Round, round, I get around. I get around.
I had to. What? Thank you. Thank you for playing that. Well, <sighs> it's good to smile every once in a while. Absolutely, dude. <clears throat> wow. I'm excited. Can't wait. This has been such a great year so far, and it's not even two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks in. A, uh, I, I'm curious about this. <clears throat> What's that? Um, procedures and processes. So you know how they just recalled the 87,000 IRS agents, right? And basically mm-hmm. what they did is they removed the funding and Congress has that ability to control funding, right? Um, the question is, is does that now go to the Senate for approval? Right. Right, because the bill's already law. Right, but does Congress, the House of Representatives, do they have the right to rescind that law without Senate having any say in the matter? That's that's the question. I think it has to go through the same bill's approval process. That's where what it, I was thinking too. It has I'm to go to the Senate, sure. then it has to go to the president um, to be a not yeah. a bill. But that's that's the question because okay. I believe with things with financing in the sense of budgetary things is th- that's not for the Senate. That's simply for Congress, right? They have that sole authority. So I think that they, after the bill is passed and the budget's passed, they can go back into that budget and say, hey, look, we're, we're moving that allocation of money away. And so if, if that's the case, I believe that is the case, then the 87,000 agents is done. There's no nothing that has to really? go to the Senate because they just removed the funding. Oh. Right? But then Maybe. also the same thing goes for the Federal Reserve, for the IRS. Hmm. They can remove the funding for the IRS, all this type of right? So... JTAC says it has to go through the Senate and POTUS. I'm not sure. I don't think... Uh, we'll see. I, it is a bill, we'll so out. I'm assuming that it does. But I thought with financing in the sense of once the budget's passed, that's one thing. They can they can basically move around financing once yeah. a bill's passed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like if we have $1.7 trillion to spend and that's approved by the president to go ahead and spend that money, afterwards, Congress can go in and vote within themselves to say, hey, look, we're going to move $50 billion over here. And that doesn't have to go back up through the approval process. That's what I'm asking. Laws do. That's not a law. That's a change in the distribution of money, which is sold under the authority of Congress. And that's what they just did with these 87,000 IRS agents is they defunded. They pulled that financing back. So that's the question I'm asking. And I don't know. I got to look up the answer. Yeah, that's kind of my question with all of these things that they're trying to do. This isn't apple juice. Oh my God! You deserve it. It's five hundred, man. Five hundred. Five hundred. Ooh, I wanted to make an announcement. Okay. What are you guys doing Friday you. night? I'm uh. Conversations on the fringe every Friday, man. Conversations on the fringe every Friday. So we said two days ago, I believe, right? That Friday night we will do a UFO episode of Conversations on the Fringe, right? And Vince is like, yes, let's do it. Because there's a lot of UAP news. There's a lot of UFO news that's going on, right? Um, so Vince and I will be joined by David Whitehead. And we'll be discussing UFOs, aliens. David Whitehead and I, myself, in the first part of the show, we're going to kind of give our summarization, our thoughts, our feelings on what just happened in the Flat Earth show. Right? And then we're going to jump right into UFOs and aliens. And we're going to be talking about it. So it's going to be a fun night. Great night. It's it's so it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a fun week. So I wanted to let everybody know that. Uh, in, so David Whitehead is about ninety percent sure he can make it. There's a potential ten percent okay, cool. potential he doesn't make it, but okay, play it by ear. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. But 
I'm going to make the announcement so he has to come. <laughs> that would be wonderful if he makes Ooh, it. Ooh, JTAC's even going to join in the craziness because David's going to be there. Cool. I all see right. how it is, JTAC. But so, Vince, you know, with all these other things that are happening in this dynamic system, right? IRS, Federal Reserve audits, the investigations that are coming out through Congress, the levels of investigations that they're going to do. Donald Trump, basically, we got Twitter files. We got civilian disclosure, right? Yeah, That's all of us. We have Twitter files. We have corporate disclosure. Then we have Congress that's going to begin their investigations. We know that they're not investigating Hunter Biden. They're investigating Joe Biden. Okay. How do you, if you're the deep state, if you're the cabal, how do you fight back against that? Oh my goodness. Control the narrative, disinformation, chaos, destabilization, counter narratives. It's tough. Maybe push things to more. False flags. Global economic collapse. Oh no, they're they're on to us. Drop a bomb on something. Alien invasion. Okay. So I have a few thoughts about some events that happened today as well. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. Um, one thing I wanted to announce, it's the 500th episode. I was going to announce this beginning. Uh, 500th episode. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to have a Zoom celebration. After this show, the Zoom is open. People are more than welcome to join in. I will be on probably about 10 o'clock. It depends what time we get off here. But usually about 9.30 or 10 o'clock central. So... Uh, I'm, I got some whiskey. I'm hanging out tonight. So you guys are more than welcome to join in. That's at socialredpill.com. Free to join. Um, if you want to support us, there are subscriptions there, but it's absolutely free to join. The link will go out before I join. So it's the Zoom call. You can join in with that. But it's a celebration of our 500th episode. Um, if you want to go on, great. We can, uh, we're just going to chat. We're going to hang out. Last night, uh, we didn't have very many questions. It was just kind of conversation with some old friends. Still. But tonight we're going to talk about whatever you guys really want to talk about. 500th episode. I know we're celebrating. We're having fun. 500th. I know. Isn't it? It's just mind blowing. It's actually much more than that. It's probably like 750. It's, it's 540. Have... Oh, okay. I have over 100 coffees. Already. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. It, it, they add up when you do them five days a week. We <laughs> only do this one four days a week. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, they add up after a while. And we actually did about 40 episodes of this show without numbering them episodes. So, but I don't care. This is the fifth. This is the official count. This is the official count. That's right. And yeah, I'm wearing a Clay Clark shirt. Also on the list, Clay Clark, what a good man. (laughs) On the list of um, things that they could push to as well. Don't forget zombies. Mm. All right. Zombie apocalypse. But what I'm thinking is we're going to have a, uh, an economic collapse and and we're seeing Mm -hmm. the signs for this everywhere, but this is interesting. FTX advisors have located over $5 billion in cash in liquid crypto. The FTX returns to bankruptcy court today. Sullivan and Gromel attorney, Adam Landis speaking on behalf of FTX told bankruptcy hearing this month that we have located over $5 billion of cash, liquid cryptocurrency and liquid investment securities measured at petition date value. It just does not ascribe any value to holdings of dozens of illiquid cryptocurrency tokens where our holdings are so large relative to the total supply that our position cannot be sold without substantially affecting the market of the token. Do you see how they played this? Yes. Do you remember when the night of all this broke? Mm -hmm. There is crypto being moved around? Yeah. There it is. And they did that to protect it from the bankruptcy because selling it is going to have a massive effect on the market. Wow, but they were kind of smart. But now they're exposed. <laughs> yep, kind of smart. But now they're now they're exposed. 
And this is where this whole economic collapse idea really comes into play. Listen to this one. Swiss National Bank, been in business 116 years, for the first time, post stunning $143 billion loss, Vince. Wow. Phenomenal. I'm still Last working year. on my first billion. I can't imagine losing 143 <laughs> of them. Dude, I was just wondering how many years of profits that's washed away because they had somewhere in the 20s of bill mm -hmm. 20 billion, about 20 billion profits last year reported, and they just lost over 100 billion in one year. So this set them back. Could have been half a decade or 10 years. I'm not sure. I don't have the data in front of me, but yeah. this is huge. This is not good. That's right. Glamba777. Uh, Thanks for the $20 on Rumble for the super chat there. Been listening to you all for over three years. Way back to you hosting with your brother, Jason. Congrats on 500. Keep up the great word. You too, Vince. Thank you so much, Glam. That's much appreciated. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're having fun here. You know what? That's the thing is, you know, it, it's like that movie or at least the title, the phrase, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's kind of how I look at the show. It's just, we're just seeking friends for the end of the world. <clears throat> right, Vince. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you on that. It, we're uh, it, we're all in this together, and uh, don't rock the boat too much, right? But yeah, Swiss Bank. So the Swiss National Bank posted a staggering 132 billion dollars Swiss francs last year, equals around 143 billion, and marks the largest loss in 116 year history. Several factors contributed to the loss, including dropping stock in fixed income markets and the strengthening Swiss franc. Uh, the provisional figure is a considerable reverse from 2021's profit of 26 billion francs <clears throat> and far exceeded the country's previous record loss of 23 billion francs recorded in 2015. Wow. <clears throat> and so if a financial institution is doing that bad, you have to start asking yourself a question. What is really happening in the world? Right? No doubt. Yep, yield curve, yield curve inversion deepens ahead of the most important CPI print ever. U.S. stocks were higher and Treasury yields lower today as the market appears to be anticipating another benign inflation report on Thursday. NASDAQ outperformed the Dow, lagged, but all major market uh, majors took off as the U.S. cash session opened. All the majors then melted up into close to the NASDAQ 1.5%. It's hedgy scrambled to buy calls from their dramatically underpositioned perspectives ahead of the big inflation print. And so basically they're saying is that Thursday, we have obviously CPI numbers coming out, all these information coming out, and they're expecting basically nothing that's going to affect the market, just kind of stagnant Dude. inflation. And so we're seeing the market kind of rebound because people are becoming optimistic, which is not a bad thing. No. It's... But it goes back to the conversation you and I were having the other day, doesn't it? Oh, but which one? That they will keep this market mm. as stable as they possibly can until they no longer need it. Yeah. You know what? Part of me hopes that they didn't mess with the data too much coming out tomorrow and that it just pulls the economy back to a realistic point. But I think they're going to keep pumping it, unfortunately. We'll see yep. tomorrow at market open. Yep. Or whenever they release the data. I'm not sure on the exact timing. And, and what's out with Josh's drunk talk in the camera? I'm not drunk talking. I did. I've had three sips of some whiskey. Come on, Nate. Um, <laughs> Where was I talking about? Um, oh, so states are passing bills and Biden comes out and says that they're going to try to get rid of gas stoves before 2030. Oh. I know. <laughs> Ridiculous. And, and then everybody's posting the videos of Kamala, Jill Biden, AOC, all using gas stoves. 
Yes. You know how they're going to do it too. I saw, I don't know if it was some, some Democrat in New York saying, we're not going to force you guys to get rid of your stoves. We're just going to require all the future stoves to not be gas. That's how they're going to do it. They're going to say, mm-hmm. in order to sell this new home, you need to have, you need to meet these requirements. And otherwise it's not a livable home. Um, that's what they do already in states like commie Washington state here. Right. Um, and it's absolutely terrible. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, it's Pseudos- also interesting based about on that. pseudoscience. It's not yeah. only, it's not only gas stoves, it's propane, gas mm-hmm. grills. It's mm-hmm. anything that operates on the natural gas. Yes. Yep. Instead, they're going to say, cook on electric. And they're going to say, oh, don't heat your house with wood. Don't heat your house with propane fireplace. You need to get this efficient electric system in order. And you need to uh, be certain, have a certain efficiency at your home. Otherwise, it's not a home. You can't live there. It's just, it's bad for the environment. And we're not going to allow it. Scary. I don't like that stuff, man. It needs to stop now. If it doesn't get stopped now, we're done. It's just going to be a weird dystopian future forever. Yeah. Uh, their weird dystopian future. <clears throat> we can talk about some of that here in a little while, too. Canada okay. buys high-priority gift for Ukraine. And first, Ottawa will acquire the NASAMS air defense system from the U.S. to give to Kiev. Defense Minister has added Canada will purchase the National the National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile System, NASAMS, um, from the U.S. in order to donate it to Ukraine, the Defense Minister Anita Anand has announced Tuesday the statement that came after the meeting with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden in Mexico. The Department of Defense described the move as a high-priority de- donation. The gift is also expected to become the first Canadian donation of an air defense system to Ukraine. Uh, the announcement is said for the assistance is valued at $406 million. Uh, and Russia doesn't like this because, you know, the, the Ukrainians are coming to the United States to learn about the Patriot missile system to get the initial training on this. And Russia's looking at this as a point of interference. Yeah. And what did they say about interference and these kinds of things? Weapon supplies and there will be consequences. Yeah. And the fact that they're coming to the U.S. soil, that really concerns me. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Brazil has upped its security the days after the riot. Security was boosted in Brasilia Wednesday and simmering tensions ahead of fresh protests of, of backers of ex-president Jair Bolsonaro and the pending arrest of one of his allies just days after the riots shocked the Brazilian capital. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in Brazil because these people are only going to protest peaceably. And I mean, they're rioting, don't get me wrong, but they're only going to do that for so much longer. I, I'm That's telling fair. you, I think that you can probably see an armed revolution occurring in Brazil very, very shortly because these people are not the people you want to mess with. And they're armed. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah, and they are armed. Oh. All right, let me get this next story ready because this was one of the big stories of the day. I kind of like had all these all over the place. Um, We'll go into this kind of a... Where is it? That's not it. That's not it. No, that's it, but it's not it. Um, there's part of it. There's part of it. I thought I had this all set up. No, no. It's been quite the day. I'll tell you what. I'm almost there. No, keep on going. There was only a couple of really big breaking things, but this, all this stuff that we've witnessed over the past week and a half is really, I think people are Mm -hmm. still digesting all of it. And just, it's still trickling, still dripping. 
I'm kind of hoping tomorrow's a chill day. I don't want a big breaking news story because it consumes so much energy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> okay, Can we just so get that's a normal day. So that's the story I'm not finding. Okay, let me let me go in here real quick. Let me pull up the story because it's better than I show it with a visual, right? Wait. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a visual learner. I'm an everything learner. I need to be okay. hands on. FAA computer failure, biggest grounding since 9-11. Fears of a hack. Canada Canada has suffered the same outage. Now, this is interesting. So, not TAMS is the system. So, basically, I, I, okay, I worked in airline IT for six years with United Airlines. I was a senior manager. I oversaw 22 domestic and international airports, IT from circuit level all the way to end user. Not TAMS computers were in our, um, basically, the city would have a distribution point for Natam's computers and those would distribute throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically they all, I think they all come from a central point. So there's a single point of failure for them and they're really old and archaic systems, right? So they, they update these usually every three years, but the software that they use is, is not anything new. Um, So they're prone to failure. I understand that, but there's a few other things that you have to look at in the sense of the narrative. Number one, Canada suffered the same outage a few hours later. Computer outage hits Canadian flight system hours after the U.S. system went down. Now, what's interesting is NAV Canada, the not-for-profit corporation that operates Canada's civil air national system, reports a Canadian real-time safety alert system for pilots, otherwise known as NOTAM, short for Notice to Air Mission, has been hit with an outage. So far, no delays have been attributed to the outage. Now, they came out immediately and said there's no hack or cyber warfare that was going on with the outage in the mm-hmm. U.S. <clears throat> now, isn't that interesting that the same system in Canada goes down right after? Mm-hmm. That's not a dink. No, 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 no. Well, let me ask you this. And I don't say white hat operations very much. Last time I talked about that was SeaTac, airport hijacking, Richard B. Russell, right? What if there was something else going on that they didn't want us to know about? Okay? What if there was a reason to ground all air traffic to clear the skies as fast as possible because there was a threat in the sky between the U.S. and Canada? There could have been. Oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uranium thing. Mm-hmm. Or is that where you're going? That's where I'm going. That I think that's older. I was looking deeper into it. I think it's like from December. December 29th. Yeah. Right. Metro Police Force on Wednesday said that a very small amount of contaminated material was identified after a routine screening package incoming to the UK on December 29th. It said that yeah. the Forces Counterterrorism Command is investigating. There have been a no arrest. But an article that came out yesterday... Uh-huh talked about Iranian sleeper cells in the UK and US who were acquiring this depleted uranium from Iran and they had the shipping route of where it was going and being brought into the US and Iran to basically produce dirty bombs. Oh my gosh. So it could be a counterterrorism effort is what you're saying. So I'm thinking this could have potentially been a counterterrorism effort to redirect a flight Right. In saying that, hey, look, hey, you know, there's a terrorist on a flight or something like that. He's got a dirty bomb. And you're like, hey, our NOTAM system went down. It's kind of crazy. I know. I'm sorry. You guys are just going to have to fly around for a little while. This is where we want you to revert to. 
right? And then you're getting all air traffic out of the air, but you have to systematic. I don't know. I'm just, I'm hypothecating. What's the most likely scenario? That this was a cyber attack on U.S. infrastructure. Now, that doesn't surprise us because this is exactly what we said would be happening. This was a cyber attack on U.S. infrastructure. And not only is it a attack on U.S. infrastructure, it was an attack on Canadian infrastructure right afterwards. But if I look at why NATAMs went down in Canada, well, how do you immediately ground all flights at the same time, get planes to land but not take off? There you go. That's one of the easiest ways in the world to do it. Potentially, if you had a nuclear incident, you knew you had a you had a dirty bomb en route to the United States of America, and they're coming to the East Coast, and they're flying directly to LaGuardia, which is really close to the Canadian border, what would you do? You ground all those flights with that one. You keep that one out of radio distance in the sense of the other flights. Hey, everybody needs to scatter or whatever. I don't know. I didn't watch the flight patterns today, right? But what happens when it starts going up to Canada? You do the same thing there. You ground all flights, get them out of the air as fast as possible. I'm just hypothecating. Maybe. I, I don't know. I wonder who benefits from doing such a thing, though. Who benefits from doing... Shutting down all the flights in North America or United States. Who benefits from shutting down the flights taking off from the United States? If it States? was a hack. Let's assume that you're a terrorist. What type of places do you want to hit with your terrorism? Population. Heavy, densely populated. What are the easiest ways to get a various type of... Um, Weapon of mass destruction into those areas. Airport, Quite. cargo. How, how do you ma make sure that you have uh, a high kill radius? Make sure people are concentrated. How do you do that? Ground all the flights. I'm thinking on the other side of the coin, mm -hmm. what, if it's, what if it's the deep state doing it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it could have been deep state producing cyber attacks on themselves, just to cripple the infrastructure, just to make normalize this type of situation? Oh yeah, you know our system's been glitchy since 2023. Sorry guys, no flying this week. Or it was the the White Hats doing it because maybe, let's say that they know the playbook. Let's say that there was going to be some type of airline type of incident that was going to occur in the next few months and they were going to hack NOTAMs and this is going to be the way that they did it. And they just showed the vulnerability before it happened in the system so now it gets fixed and upgraded before that time frame. I don't know. There's, there's so many scenarios here. Yeah, it could be so many things. <clears throat> but right. either way, is it happened in the US and then Canada, this was, any way you want to look at it, whether it was a white hat or a black hat, this was a hack. This was a hack. They hacked our infrastructure and grounded all flights. And they won't admit it is the weird thing. Right, the and they House. won't admit it. Nope. Yeah. And that should like, be concerning. Know. Yeah. And so climate activists are hurling uh, Molotov cocktails at rider police as authorities seek to reclaim German village occupied by far-left squatters. Dude, this is just... <laughs> Far left squatters, they're they're hauling, they're they're throwing Molotov cocktails in there, and these are lefties, radical lefties that aren't from there, and they're just hurling or they're just squatting. Them. I think this video actually shows.
So now ask yourself this. Why did you have the 20 or 30 years of social and cultural indoctrination into indoctrination into this radicalized agenda? They were creating an army. Psychological warfare. Now all they do is they go out there and they trigger people emotionally and they formulate together and say, let's go do damage. Let's throw firebombs and Molotov cocktails and shoot power stations because of global warming. They, they don't even need to organize this shit because these people are doing it on their own through a, a whole controlled narrative of manipulated and false information. Yeah, and they have a lot of options. BLM, feminists, um, the alphabet suit people, climate change people. Yep. So uh, last night in the after chat, we, I actually mentioned this yesterday in the, uh, the, the talk, right? The number 17. We're going to start seeing the number 17 everywhere. Remember, it was a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Uh, why is the number 17 important with what's happening right now in the world? And uh, thank you, Fig, for pushing me last night because you definitely made me look into it to the point where I'm like, oh, well, look at that. That's that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, shout and out Fig. I actually had, I, I think I actually closed it out. But what was interesting is uh, the number 17 is actually representative of the god Osiris. If you take the Hebrew word um, Yadved, Yodhi, right? And you take that and add it up in Tremaji, it equals 17. If you don't do, if you actually take the uh, the root derivation of 10 to equal to 1, so they equal 17. The word God in English in Tremaji is 17. Okay, it's reminiscent of Asher or Osiris, the return of Osiris. Um, the star Sirius is at a 1.7 degree declination. The King's Road, a Syrian road in Egypt, is 1.7 miles long. 17 was the amount of days that Osiris stayed in the underworld before resurrection. These types of things. Okay, um, but we're coming into that new age, and so that number is important because the god that's being brought back, in their sense, the resurrection, is the the Osiris god. Osiris, right? So this is why I think we're seeing this number all over the place. So it's kind of interesting, but it's the next story just caught my attention because police burned after the death of Peru protests persist. The angry crowd towards the patrol car uh, a day after 17 civilians died in a clash with authorities. There we go, 17 again. Yeah, and I guess the genocide investigation was opened up against the Peru president after mm. those deaths. So Interesting. I haven't seen this yet. Uh, this yet, they were dead wrong. Neil deGrasse Tyson stopped it dead in his tracks by interviewers' vaccine question. One thing an ethical, competent scientist should never proclaim is that science is settled. I agree with this. Science is constantly changing. The wrong accepted ideas subject to revision as new data arises. Anyone who claims science is re irrefutably val validates the preferred political position may be acting as a propagandist instead of an expert. In a Monday interview, media personality Neil deGrasse Tyson, whose credibility hinges on scientific credentials, attempted to make that kind of the science is settled claims used during the early phases of the pandemic to defend the COVID policy preferences. What he did not provide was proof that science still supports those claims. Challenges to Tyson's talking points left him speechless. Tyson appeared on the PBD podcast hosted by Patrick Bet David, a conservative Christian entrepreneur. Even though Tyson is an astrophysicist and not a medical scientist, in the interview, he positioned himself as an authority on vaccinations and the public good. Now that Dr. Anthony Fauci has retired, perhaps Tyson thought this was an ongoing be one of the, the one who represents science. Um, so 
This is a good article. I think this is worth the read. The Fed, 2016 Federalist wrote about Tyson's use of scientific credentials as a means to conflate his opinions with fact. When you insist that facts and evidence speak for themselves, it is as uh, it has a funny way of silencing everyone else. As one intrepid Twitter user replied to Tyson's initial tweet, convenient how the evidence always seems to line up with Tyson's personal beliefs. Discussion on the PBD podcast suggests Tyson's habit of claiming the scientific high ground to overrule other viewpoints is still present six years later. Um, but Bet David was able to make some points Tyson could not brush away. Talking about the controversial COVID vaccine, Bet asked, Is it fair to say that some of the side effects we may, uh, may not know for 5, 10, 15, or 20 years? They can't say we know 100% of the side effects 10 years from now. How are you going to know that? Tyson was forced to admit, Yeah, okay. So, no, of course, we can't know that. At another point, when Bet David pointed out that not all scientists agreed that the vaccine worked, Titan became so flustered, this is the funny one that you saw on Twitter and everything, that he was reduced to waving his arms and calling David Bet, dude, Tyson evoked a hypothetical social contract that meant getting vaccinated to avoid infecting others. David Bet responded by noting how the experts assured us the vaccines would prevent the spread of the diseases. They were wrong, Bet David said. Tyson shut down for a minute before starting to rationalize. Let's oh, your own body, your own body. Sorry. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to mm-hmm. get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force, if, if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the- not about you. It's about people you interact with. And that's the social contract of public but we health. Don't, we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time. Yes, that's what the trials are, dude. That's why these trials, what, you, are you missing data out but, there? But let me ask you a question. Are we saying only one type of scientists are right? No, we're saying that the system in place. The 16,000 that signed that. No, no, no. The, the system in place to test vaccines. Yeah. Th- th- there's an entire system that's in place. That that with review boards and all of this, yeah, the average that's in place. Now you can say you can ch- what you can say is, I I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do, and that would have made everything better. Okay, you can put forth that idea, but what I'm saying is, in a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective you're assuming health you're assuming you're assuming because somebody can take the vaccine uh won't get covid which by the way i don't need to play the clips for you to see it where everybody said hey if you get it you're not going to get if you take the vaccine you're not going to get a rachel maddow joe biden i can give you fauci i can give you fit and you've seen these clips before it's not like you've never seen it before yeah, yeah. what happened they was, were wrong hold on so so um the strain evolved Right. So now, oh, the strain evolved. So the vaccine, the science, the system was wrong as per their claims, which he said, dude, dude, there's a system. But then he comes at the end. But but the vaccine evolved and they didn't go through the system. Okay, right. And so it's just a hypocrisy that we're seeing. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'd love to have Neil deGrasse Tyson on Friday for Fringe, but I wouldn't want to talk vaccines. Right? I'd like to talk other stuff. I'd like to talk physics with him. I think that'd be a great conversation. Um, Biden has extended the COVID-19 public health emergency. This is interesting, especially after through the NDA and funding, the DOD has dropped their vaccine mandate. Yes. More good news for this year. Yeah, but he extends the COVID-19 public health emergency. So 
Um, I think that we're going to see a resurgence in this stuff. Three months. Yeah. So Dem representative calls House Committee on China hateful, xenophobic uh, rhetoric. So House Democrat claimed this week that the newly formed Special Congressional Committee investigating China and its influence is xenophobic and racist. House Republicans and Democrats voted on Tuesday to form a new panel that will focus on the economic and technological challenges China poses to the U.S. and the national security. It will be chaired by Mike Gallagher, uh, Republican, Wisconsin. Um, he said that it's time to understand the urgency of the threat. It's time to reclaim our economic independence in key areas. Um, most Democrats agree that the committee is an important step towards combating China's influence. Representative Alyssa Slotkin, Democrat, Michigan, said, for example, expressed her support for the committee on the House floor, saying Congress needs a full holistic look at the Chinese competition in our economic security and our national security. I agree. Although Nakema Williams, Democrat from Georgia, blasted the committee as yet another platform to elevate hate. House Republicans' new select committee on competition with China isn't about rational policy. It's another platform to elevate hateful, xenophobic rhetoric. I stand against hate in all forms, so I voted against the creation of this committee. You know, how long is it going to take for even Democrats to see that this is absolutely absurd? Yeah. That, hey, uh, we got another country that's competing with us economically, technologically. They're stealing our military secrets. L- let's get a committee together to figure out how to fix this problem. You're a racist. Singling out the Chinese people. Singling out the Chinese country. How dare you? How dare you be a nationalist to your country? How dare you have this, this, this patriotic and pride of your country and want it to succeed? I love Chinese people just as much as any, any people. People are people. What my, we're really my, talking about are these corrupt yeah. controllers. My my family's my kids are Chinese. That's okay. Just kidding. That's why I can I, know. I, I, I can make fun dude. of it on TV and be okay with it. <clears throat> you could yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the card, right? Now know. isn't this interesting? This came Just out today. Kidding. I get the card, I got the card. <laughs> Biden urges the US Congress to rein in on big tech. He, Wednesday, he urged Republican and Democratic lawmakers to break years of political gridlock and pass laws that would rein in on power of big tech. The United States is home to the global tech giants, Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook. Um, but the trailed governments in Europe and Asia are drawing up some more modern rules to curb their power. The risk big tech poses to ordinary Americans are clear. Biden says in an op-ed published on Wall Street Journal, just days after the Republicans took the majority of the House, it's time to walk the walk and get something done. Most of the pushback in the United States against big tech has come from state and local authorities or national regulators such as the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice. Biden said his administration was seeking to push through legislation against big tech on several fronts, including a protection of privacy, and that he supported a ban on targeted advertising of children. And so he's talking about basically repealing the bipartisan support uh, to reform the longstanding provision known as Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, but disagreement between political parties on how to proceed. And he's talking about uh, basically pulling that back, which would give the government more oversight over big tech and the content that they can approve of and not approve of. Where when 230 is there, it basically gives uh, you know social media platforms a loss of liability in the sense of the content that's on their platforms. That's why you can kind of have protection of free speech. Um, so yeah. it's interesting that Biden is pushing for that because that's nothing more than socialism. That's, that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about, the social contract, the good of the people. That's socialism. Pinko, pinko alert. Yeah, it is. Joe Biden aides discover more classified documents at separate location. Uh-oh, Joe. 
the report does not say where or when the documents were discovered, but it's clear the White House is attempting to clean up Biden's records ahead of possible run for election. The newly discovered documents are from a location separate from the private office connected to the University of Pennsylvania think tank that Biden had in Washington, D.C., where the first batch of classified information was discovered. Biden claimed Tuesday he was surprised that the classified data was found in his possession, repeating he was ignorant of their contents. I was briefed about the discovery and surprised to learn that there are many, there are any government records that were taken there to do uh, to that office. I don't know what's in the documents. He continued, my lawyers have not suggested I not ask what the documents were. And so, Joe, by the way, what was in those documents was intel, classified DOD intel on China, Russia, and Ukraine from 2014 to 2016, which is kind of interesting because... That's kind of strategic and pertinent to what's happening right now. Fucking pinkos. <laughs> and so Joe's going to play the ignorant, incompetent game here. And listen, quid pro quo, Joe. This is just going to be another part of the impeachment against Joe Biden that I think is honestly coming. You think we're going to get strike three tomorrow? A <laughs> third batch of documents has been oh, found. And it definitely that, 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 wasn't in Hunter's laptop. <laughs> Or something who knows oh by the way uh on on the airplane story yeah somebody said that monkey works was doing his thing and said that there was an unusually large amount of refuelers up in the air at that time now that's what i was looking for i wanted to check out his podcast later uh to mm-hmm. see if there was any military aircraft hovering around civilian jets or anything like that if anybody's being redirected from flight patterns so i want to see if supports, that's in there supports the theory And now, a message from your local Congresswoman. Hello, this is Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro, representing Connecticut's 3rd Congressional District. Under the cover of night, the first bill brought to the floor by the new Republican majority makes clear where they stand. It is not with hardworking middle-class American families who have not seen a pay increase in years. It is not with people who live paycheck to paycheck and struggle with the rising costs of living. Rather, House Republicans' number one priority is to stand with billionaires and the biggest corporations who do not pay tax. The legislation they propose would gut the Internal Revenue Services and strip the agency of the necessary resources to ensure billionaires and big corporations pay taxes. Simply put, They want billionaires and greedy corporations to continue business as usual and not pay the taxes that each and every one of us pay. Okay, this this is kind of comical. (laughs) I know. The first bill was the repealing of 87,000 IRS agents. Vince, Hmm. there's 523 billionaires in the United States. Do you think Hmm. that Congress passed the requirement for 87,000 IRS agents to go after 500 people in the United States? 500? No. No. Do do you think... They could do it with a couple, a team of two. Do you think they were trying to go after the 100 and 200,000 millionaires in the United States? Maybe some of them. Maybe some of them. Or do you think that they're trying to go after the middle class and the poor? Mm-hmm. People that are getting just a lot of six hundred dollar payments. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's yeah. interesting to me is that her argument. She said mm-hmm. that middle class Americans who haven't gotten a pay raise in three years. Mm-hmm. She said that they're they're having a hard time due to the tough economy. 
But Joe Biden said that there's plenty of jobs out there. He's creating new jobs. The economy's doing great. We just had 2.7% economic growth last quarter in the GDP. How are people yeah. doing so bad? Something don't COVID. add up. Yeah. Something don't add up. It's, it's just another example of projection and lying their yeah. ass off. Circular logic. Response. All right. Let's go here. On these documents, how could anyone be that irresponsible? It, isn't that what this president says about mishandling classified documents? We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, Joe Biden said, how can somebody be this irresponsible? And you saw her. <laughs> Blank face stare. <laughs> I will see you tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> I believe that was edited, but yeah, they don't have any answers for this stuff. They're totally hypocritical. It's ridiculous. So Twitter has permanently suspended the OANN reporter Daniel Baldwin this morning following a tweet covering Congressman Buddy Carter's Fair Tax Act, which will abolish the IRS. H.R. 25, the Fair Tax Act, will promote freedoms, fairness, economic opportunities by repealing the income tax and other taxes, abolishing the Internal Revenue Service, and enacting a national sales tax to be administered by primarily by states, according to the bill. Buddy Carter's tweeted uh, that Congress can abolish the IRS by passing this bill. And so... Um, as the Gateway Pundit personally reported, this is from the Gateway Pundit, Democrats and rhino lawmakers weaponized the IRS, agreed, against good, hardworking Americans last August by passing the Inflation Reduction Act using the hired 87,000 new IRS agents, including armed and fit, uh, fit federal tax agents who are willing to use deadly force. Um, so now we're seeing this new one come out, and Baldwin says, good morning, Representative Buddy Carter will introduce a fair tax act today. The bill would eliminate income, payroll, death, and gift taxes. It would replace them with national consumption tax. It would also abolish the IRS. What do you think? And from that, he was permanently suspended. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder why. I wonder who at the federal government called up Twitter and said, you need to get rid of him. <laughs> right. Or who's in Twitter mm -hmm. doing it on their own accord. Exactly. Okay, that one's a blank face. Um, and it's not Trump that's Next the up. problem. The problem is information, right? This is a, a clear example of psychological warfare and that information, how you consume information, how you have your filters up is the real problem. Listen to this. Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Next up, this was to a largely African-American audience. Quote, if my opponent wins, they're going to put you all back in chains. Trump again. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I still think that's Donald Trump. Oh, definitely Trump. Uh, Trump. Donald Trump. Next up, uh, this was about President Obama. He called him, quote, the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. Uh, Trump. I'll go Trump again. Who do you think said that? Uh, I think Trump said that. Donald Trump. What if I told you that all of those are actually Joe Biden? Yep, and that's the truth is that people just don't want to go check it. And, and, you know, this actually happened today when we were talking about the flat earth discussion, right? Is really? they told me, you know, they're, they're telling me, you need to stop reading, still believing what you're reading in the mainstream science, believe what you're watching in all these videos and go out there and learn for yourself. And I said, okay, cool. What experience have you actually gone out there and done for yourself? 
And it was fucking silent. And even what experiments should we do? And then I said, what experiments should we do? Yeah. And it was fucking silent. And I said, you know, because I told Patrick, I said, Patrick, how many of these things have you gone out there and done yourself? He says, well, I can tell you all the sources where I don't care. You went out there and consumed information from the Internet. You watch videos. And that's what David was pointing to is you went and watched this video of evidence. Why, why don't you go out there and do that yourself? And that's what me and David were like. Well, let's go out there and do this ourselves. And they didn't want anything to do with that, which was interesting. Hey. Man, what time is it? Okay, we gotta, we're going to go through the first round of, uh, of, wow, 32. Okay, cool. One second. I'm going to go through this first round here of um, donations coming in from the uh, the Battle of the Streams. Gump, $5 on Rumble, 500 pennies for 500 shows. Thank you so much, Gump. Enlightened Science donated one diamond. Happy 500th Daily Dose shows. How many fringes? Oh, God, we got to be... Um, I, I'd say about 250 maybe for fringe. So thank you so much, Enlightened Science. Uh, Nadine, QQQQ, one diamond. Happy 500. Thank you so much, Nadine. Shannon, 1313, donated one diamond. Here's the 500 more episodes. Thank you so much, Shannon. LED, just donated three ice cream. Thank you so much, LED. Um, Poison, 85, $5 on Rumble. You guys are awesome, Josh. You inspired me to get more in gear with stocking up. Thank you so much, Poison, 85. I'm glad you're taking initiative. Glam, 777, $20 on Rumble. Been listening to you all for over three years, way back when Jay was hosting with your, uh, hosting with your brother Jay. Congrats on 500. Keep up the great work, YouTube fans. Thank you so much, Glam, again. JCMC0007 donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, JCM, JCMC. Me, Brenda, gifted a one-month subscription to Grandma Revolt. As well as Hillbilly Jack, as well as Me Brenda uh, to Grandma Revolt again, uh, and Grandma Revolt again. So thank you so much, Me Brenda, for those donations. There, Grismo Seven donated three lemons. Me Brenda donated a Ninja Gini. Congratulations, thank you so much, Grismo and Me Brenda. Patriotic Pisces two diamonds. Thank you so much, Patriotic Pisces. JCMC 7 one ice cream and three lemons. Thank you so much, JCMC. Nadine Quadruple Q, one diamond, 500 again. Charming Nicole just donated one diamond. I think some of these were doubled, but Shannon 1313, one diamond. Thank you so much, Charming Nicole and Shannon. Nadine, one diamond. Thank you so much, Nadine. Uh, Patriot Bird gifted a cookie. Thank you so much, Patriot Bird. Just Jules gifted a can. Happy birthday. Thank you so much, Just Jules. Nadine, quadruple Q, one diamond. Bayonet, two lemon. Thank you so much, Nadine and Bayonet. SQ Quinn, $20. Happy 500 plus. Dems are already saying Republicans are going to take Social Security. I've been hearing about it all day. It's kind of funny. Thank you so much, SQ Quinn. Uh, Liberty Arise, $5. Congrats, Josh. Been watching since Q Patriot days. My new show is only uh, my my new show is only on episode twenty eight. Can only hope to hit five hundred. Well, thank you so much, Liberty Arise. Much appreciated. And you should hit me up and let me know your new show because I want to check it out. So, go on the social red pill and DM me and let me know what that is all about because I like to watch new shows and we like to put them out there. Uh, Bills Lives Matters gifted five one month subscriptions to the users of the channel. Thank you so much, Liberty Arise. SQ Quinn. Nate and AZ Jim 320 $50 on Rumble. Thank you so much there, AZ Jim 320 Congratulations on 500 shows. My number one favorite show each day. Thank you so much, AZ Jim. Elf Spark donated 117 gold pills. And Bader369 gifted the ship. Boom, boom, boom. Wow, man. Heavy day for you guys out there on all that. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are absolutely awesome. And so um, going back to that Federalist 46 talking about the states 
Governor yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has banned critical race theories in all schools in Arkansas. This is what I'm talking about. There you go, right? This is... <sighs> this is interesting. The World Economic Forum will require 5,000 troops to protect them from common people. The Swiss Army will employ 5,000 troops to protect the globalist elites gathering at the World Economic Forum Summit in Davos to ensure the elites have no contact whatsoever with common people people. The federal parliament has set a ceiling of 5,000 troops that will serve in support of the World Economic Forum, which will run from Jan January 10th to the 26th. Some of them will be stationed directly in Davos, where the annual meeting will be held January 16th to the 20th. So I, I never told anybody this. So when I was at the Washington Navy Yard, um, we had to occasionally do like overflow security for the Capitol Police. But if there was like an event that was occurring on a military base, we would typically do the security for it because we were the security forces on the base because we were the, the military police. Okay. Um, and so there would be times where we'd have to do like personal security for a senator or a congressman who was going to attend an event or something like this. Um, and then um, they had an event at the U.S. Um, Naval Academy. And the event was a treasury event where the second premier in China, I think that was Jinto at the time, came to the United States and he met with uh, um, Geithner, if you remember him, who was the secretary of treasury, um, at the U.S. Naval Base. And they did deliberations back and forth on trade negotiations under the Obama administration. And I actually worked security for that event. And so I got to meet the uh, the Chinese Secret Service that were with the second premier and all this. They're, they're cool people, so, hmm. but heavily armed. And there's all the protesters outside. It was kind of interesting. What an experience! Yeah, it sucked. It was like eight hours of standing around with a with a gun. <laughs> well, it's probably good that it was uneventful. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it just goes to show, man. These people are so corrupt, man. This was kind of an interesting story, don't you think? This Okay, I, I want to show everybody this because this is a lot of speculation that people are coming about with with things happening underground. And then I saw this article. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Inside Ukraine's 120-plus mile salt mine tunnels just captured by the Russian Ragnar Group. Yeah, there's images there that just are but fascinating. This, this makes my conspiracy mind go running away. The question is, is yeah, these are salt mines, but what would they be in use They did say they found a weapon stash so there was a military application. But man, these are some massive tunnels and caverns. But this is what we've been saying, is that they there's massive amounts of tunnels all underneath all of the world. All of the world. And these tunnels are being hidden from people for some reason. And yeah, these are salt mines. I get that. They are salt mines. But I'm telling you, there's more to these salt mines and what's going on under there than meets the eye. Yeah. So one thing with the Firestorm event that we've always talked about is... What the fuck? Um, I'm sorry that you were suffering from herpes, dude. Looks like we got some spam in Facebook. Um <laughs> Uh, one thing we talked about with the Firestorm event is attacks on infrastructure and supply chain. And we've been following the various different hundreds of 
food processing, manufacturing, distribution, the energy infrastructure, these types of things, the the oil and gas plants that have blown up. Well, here you go, another one. Massive fire report in LaSalle Chemical Plant in LaSalle County, Illinois, residents told to shelter in place. And so here's another one that attributes to the infrastructure. I mean, they're, they're happening. They're still happening. And I was going to end the show with a series of different deaths that we've seen from COVID vaccine, but I don't think we need to do that. Um, this sit a kindergarten, kindergartner who died suddenly a 17 year old, another 17 year old that died suddenly. Um, I don't think we need to go that the only death that I will announce today is going to be that of, um, where are we? I have everything up here. There you go. Jeff Beck. And I was saddened by this one. Legendary rock guitarist Jeff Beck dies at age 78. Beck rose to fame with the Yardbirds before fronting the Jeff Beck group and making forays in the jazz fusion sound he pioneered. Um, it doesn't say, he said the Tuesday he suddenly contracted bacterial meningitis. Um, his family asked for privacy due to the loss. Um, I don't think he was the type that was vaccinated. I don't know, but who knows? But Jeff Beck definitely dead at age 78. There was um, a few other things, but I don't think we need to go into it. Except for Dr. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari. He has threatened, you'll need to relearn to see and walk in the future. Human beings will need to relearn and see how to walk. And according to Klaus Schwab's lead advisor, Noah Harari, who warned humanity to get ready for the future that will be lived in virtual reality, divorced from the physical and biological war world. But, oh, I doubt that because you want to know what's going to happen? That's not going to happen. That world is not coming. I'm sorry. It's not coming. It's not in the cards. Not in the cards. Okay, as a reminder, tonight we will be doing a 500th episode special Zoom. The Zoom is open immediately after the show. You just go in there, go to the events tab, go to Social Red Pill Zoom, jump in there. You guys are good to go. I will be in there within the hour. I'll put out the link before I jump in. Um, come on in, say hi, have a good time. I do. So by the way, I did validate my other zoom, the one that we're on right now, we can have up to 500 people in. So if we do go over the hundred, we just put out the new zoom link and people can come in. Okay. So that is tonight. And then, uh, conversations on the fringe Friday, David Whitehead is confirmed. So we are good on that. Awesome. Cool guys. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. Don't forget to visit us at redpills.tv. Subscribe there. Subscribe wherever you're watching this show. Have a great night. Take care.